In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Since the beginning of time, God has been sharing his glorious light with all of his creation. We welcome the glow of the sun, the moon, and the stars. All of us enjoy their brilliance and beauty, beauty that all mankind can plainly see. But God also desires to share his spiritual light with us, a light that is sometimes more difficult to see. Therefore, the creator of the universe devised a wonderful plan. For God so loved the world that he gave a light, a light for all to see. Father always carried on about what dark days we lived in. He'd walk around the house shouting, Roman guards are everywhere. They do what they want and they take what they want. But soon our Messiah will come and he will deliver us from all our enemies. <laughs> Father often seems so upset, but I knew that what he said was true. We were God's chosen people and Jehovah had always kept his promises to Israel. The scriptures prophesied that the Messiah would come and God would keep his word.
I knew the God of Israel would be faithful to his people and send Messiah in time, but my heart was too light to worry about such things. I was engaged, and my beloved Joseph and I were finally to be married. It wouldn't be long now until Mary was my wife. Now that we were betrothed, we finally got to spend some time planning and dreaming about our lives together. And when we prayed, I could feel her deep love for God, and it only made her more beautiful to me. Like every other girl I knew, I prayed to be the mother of the Messiah. Yet, still, oh, I thought I was surely dreaming when, when the angel appeared and spoke to me. I had never before seen such light. My eyes adjusted, and I realized that only a heavenly being could shine so. Such brilliance. I sank to my knees and listened to his message. Mary, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, the son of the highest. Me? Bear God's son? Could it be true? Just the thought of it took my breath away. I had so many questions. Why me? How would this happen? Would Joseph understand? Then, when the angel disappeared, I remained on my knees and worshipped with my head touching the ground. It's not easy being the king of Judea. These Jews are such tedious people, such religious fanatics. Even after I rebuilt their broken down temple, they still, it was as beautiful as any temple in Rome. It didn't keep them happy for long. They still prayed to their Messiah that God would send them one, a king who would deliver them from Roman oppression, a light to lead them out of the darkness. <laughs> well, let their God send them a light, no matter how brightly their Messiah may shine. I, Herod the Great, will snuff him out. I knew I needed to get away, to prepare for the next few months, to pray. So I made arrangements to visit my older cousin Elizabeth in Jerusalem. The angel told me she was also expecting a child. When I arrived at Elizabeth's house and greeted her, her baby leaped in her womb. She immediately began to thank Jehovah that I, the mother of the Messiah, had entered her house. God had spoken to her also. I can't tell you what a blessing it was to share my good news with someone who actually believed me. My heart overflowed with praise.
villagers knew Joseph, they knew his character and his compassion. No one was surprised when he chose Mary for his wife. They seemed to complete each other. They appeared to be the perfect couple, as if God had planned their marriage from the beginning of time. Preparation for marriage filled my thoughts. I, I was determined to provide the best I could for my bride-to-be. I knew I was a fortunate man. She was everything I'd prayed for. Mary had taken a trip into the hill country to see her cousin Elizabeth, and I thought it was a good idea for her to get away so she could plan and dream about our lives together. But when she returned to Nazareth, it soon became obvious to everyone that something was terribly wrong. Mary was with child. I was devastated. How could I describe how I felt? Shock, anger, grief, disappointment. Didn't, didn't she know the, the punishment for this sin was death by stoning? I was numb. I needed time to decide what to do. Then the most amazing thing happened. One night, as I lay sleeping, the room filled with a brilliant light, and the angel of the Lord spoke to me.
Josiah's popping up from time to time again, but nothing out of the ordinary. But then again, they are not to be ignored. I've executed one of my wives and two of my sons when I thought they were a threat to my authority. <laughs> well, so dealing with one more Messiah was all in a normal day's work. Taxes. Taxes. That's all the trip to Bethlehem was about? Caesar just wants more taxes to pay for his lavish banquets and silly games. But I can, I can still hear Mary's sweet voice reminding me. My dear Joseph, remember, God is in control, even of such things as Roman taxes. Oh, my sweet, trusting Mary. It's probably good she didn't understand how difficult the journey would be in her condition. Uh, even riding on the back of my ancient little donkey, we would greatly need God's help and protection. Joseph was so good to me. I told him I would stay in Nazareth with my parents while he traveled to Bethlehem for the census, but he wouldn't hear of it. He was still afraid some of the villagers might follow through on their threats to stone me. I prayed with all my heart that the baby would wait to come until we returned home so that my mother could help me with the delivery. The trip was harder on Mary than I could have imagined. The heat, the cold, the mountains, the constant bouncing on my little donkey for over 70 miles and the journey seemed to go on forever. When the pains first started, I didn't tell Joseph. To be honest, I wasn't really sure if they were labor pains or not. But as we got to Bethlehem, they grew more intense. I prayed, I quoted scripture, I called on Jehovah to help me. And as we arrived, the pains of childbirth totally consumed me. I couldn't believe it. Every room in Bethlehem was taken. Every single room. I was frantic. When one innkeeper saw Mary's desperate condition, he pointed to the stable behind his house. I wanted home, but most of all, I wanted the comfort of my mother's touch. When I saw that we were headed for a rickety dark stable filled with animals, I couldn't believe it. I literally cried to the heavens, Lord, help me. I pushed the animals out of the way and, and made some room on the stable floor. Then, as quickly as I could, I tore off my cloak and spread it out, Mary then collapsing in my arms as I gently lifted her off the donkey and placed her on the ground. I was trying to trust God, but I was more scared than I had ever been in my entire life. I had never felt pain like that before, and I literally thought I might die. I remember Mother told me that when a woman delivers a child, she goes to the valley of the shadow of death, but that even there, God was with me. I will never forget that night for as long as I live. Mary crying out over and over again for God to help her. her. Her pain was constant, and I could do nothing, nothing to ease her suffering. But somehow, after what seemed like an eternity of struggle and pain, God did help us. And oh my, when I heard that small cry ring out in the night, my heart melted, and God's peace flooded over me like a warm summer rain. And Jesus, the Messiah, announced his arrival to the world.
first time, my tears flowed freely. My son, the son of God. Then for the first time, I noticed it. I had been so afraid of giving birth all alone in that dark stable. But the stable was not dark at all. It was as bright as day. There was a beautiful star overhead that was brighter than any star I had ever seen, and it was shining through the cracks of the roof of that stable, making everything bright. Even the heavens were giving glory to little Jesus. On the hills outside the town of Bethlehem, shepherds did what shepherds do. They found clear, clean water and good grazing. They protected the sheep from predators. They bandaged wounds and treated disease. But nothing could have prepared these shepherds for what they were about to experience. The night sky suddenly exploded with light, and they fell trembling to the ground. Shaking with fear, they listened as the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger.
tired from the birth, I began to doze off, my heart rejoicing, but, but my body trembling, just craving rest. I gently took the baby and laid him in a manger that was right next to us. Then I tried to make Mary as comfortable as I could. I had just fallen asleep when suddenly I was startled awake by gruff voices. There, standing in the doorway, were four strangers. I jumped to my feet, fearing what these rough-looking men might be up to in the middle of the night. It was then that I noticed that each one carried a shepherd's staff. They were shepherds, common laborers. But why had they come in the middle of the night? Suddenly, baby Jesus stirred and made a soft whimper, and one of his little hands reached up toward his heavenly Father. Immediately, the shepherds fell to their knees in solemn worship. Then I understood why they were there. God had sent them. He had revealed to them that Jesus was the Messiah. The shepherds spoke in excited whispers about the angelic choir that filled the night sky. Then they reverently left with faces aglow and hearts full. Jesus Christ had come to earth. But what were Mary and Joseph supposed to do next? Were they supposed to announce to the crowds that the Messiah had finally come to earth? Who would believe them? They pleaded with God for wisdom and for guidance. Several weeks after the birth, we took Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice. We wanted to bring a lamb as a burnt offering to the Lord, but all we could afford were two small turtle doves. As soon as we got to the temple, an old man rushed towards us with tears running down his cheeks. With great reverence, he asked if he could hold the long-awaited Messiah. I was speechless, and I gently laid Jesus in his arms. As soon as this man had Jesus cradled softly in his arms, he, he began to bless the Lord and shout that he was now ready to go home to heaven because his eyes had seen the Lord's salvation. His voice seemed so light as he slowly whirled around the temple grounds with little Jesus smiling up at him. He called out to everyone that this child was a light of revelation to the Gentiles in the glory of Israel. Everyone was staring, wondering what was going on when an old lady came hobbling up and joining the celebration. Together, these two lifted their voices and gave thanks to God for sending Christ, the Redeemer, to Jerusalem. Oh, what a noise they made! The temple guards tried to quiet them down, but they would not be still. Their hearts were too full, and so was mine.
When my spies had brought me word that some eastern dignitaries had entered Jerusalem, I made arrangements to meet with their special visitors. These wealthy scholars seemed harmless enough, but their mission alarmed me. They said they had been following a star that was supposed to lead them to a child, a child who would be the king of the Jews, and they wondered if I knew where he was to be born. After some quick research, I sent these wise men on their way to Bethlehem and asked them to report back to me when they had found this child. You see, I also wanted to worship this king of the Jews. Some relatives of mine graciously allowed us to use their house while Mary and I tried to figure out what we were going to do next. We were almost out of money, and Mary needed time to recover from childbirth before starting the long journey back to Nazareth. Late one evening, I was rocking the baby, praying for God's help. There came a knock at the door. Joseph opened the door, and to our wonder, three wealthy men bowed low in the doorway. When they saw the baby in my arms, they stared in hushed stillness. Then they humbly requested to offer gifts to the king. Before I even had time to respond, these three men were on their knees offering unbelievable treasures to Jesus. Treasures more beautiful and costly than I'd ever seen. Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, enough to meet our needs for many years to come. Late that night, as the three wise men lay sleeping, God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod, but to travel to their home country by another way. They deceived me. Those wicked wise men did not return to me with the information I had requested. They could have stopped the bloodshed. Now all male infants in Bethlehem must die. I, Herod, will be the only king of Judea. I was asleep when God sent his light once again. The angel told me to quickly arise and take the child and Mary and flee to Egypt. Herod was searching for Jesus to kill him. Joseph shook me out of a deep sleep. Why must I get up? It was the middle of the night. But when Joseph told me of God's message, of Herod's plot, I quickly gathered our few things and we hurried out of Bethlehem. The deed is done. My soldiers followed their orders. Every male infant, two years and under, is dead. Of course, the mothers will be weeping, but they'll get over it. A baby Messiah is no match for Herod the Great. King Herod was offered God's light. When he asked the chief priests where the Messiah was to be born, they read to him Micah 5.2. This scripture says that the one who is to be the ruler of Israel will come from Bethlehem, but King Herod didn't want a Messiah, and he rejected God's light. God had told us to go into Egypt. So mysterious and so far away. But I will trust God. He has provided for us, and I will follow the light he has given. Ah, uh, little Jesus, how I wish you could talk to me and answer all of my questions. There are so many things I want to ask you. But for now, it is enough that I hold you in my arms and embrace all that you are.
Herod the Great rejected God's light, and shortly after the birth of Jesus, Herod died. Today, all of his greatness has been swept away by the sands of time. In fact, there is only one reason why most of us are even familiar with his name. It is simply because, for a short time, King Herod's life intersected with the central figure of all history, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I must admit, I didn't believe Mary when she first told me that she was pregnant by a miracle of the Lord. Would you have believed her? It was, it was too much for me. Even when the angel told me that it was true, that I shouldn't be afraid to take Mary as my wife, I still struggled with the mockery that I knew would be coming. I had to embrace the truth for myself. But when I completely trusted in God, it was like walking out of darkness into God's glorious light. I'll never forget those special seasons of light that God gave me. The angel's announcement, the star overhead the night Jesus was born, the shepherds, the wise men, so many memories. But the most wonderful memory of all is him, Jesus. The words of the prophet Isaiah keep echoing in my heart. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. This morning we celebrate the season of light, and as the choir sings the light of the world, may each one of us open our hearts and embrace Jesus Christ, the light of the world.
Thank you.
All right. Wasn't that a blessing? Let's give them a hand, okay? Thank you.